0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Courts of Heat, And today we are bringing back in our podcast episode as there's so much to unfold from awards given out last night for defensive teams, first and second, to Luka Doncic, to all the madness that's just happening in every single series, where it's been closed now or still ongoing. It is insane. And we're going to be covering it all today. We have tons of breaking news, but there's also a few topics, like Luka Doncic, that I want to hit on, because Luka is going to be a free agent in the end this summer, and we have no idea if he's going to re-sign with the Mavs. If he's going to sign that contract. There's always been tensions. It's coming out now, and I want to hit on that a little bit. Just talking about whether or not Luka will re-sign. Or, if he's going to go somewhere else, and if he does go somewhere else, I have the perfect team in mind that would pay him that money, and that would get the most out of him. Okay. Before we get started, I always want to bring this up. If you want to find us on social media and whatnot, and you want more than what the website's offering, to instead up like, post post like, game-to-game, giving you live feedback from each game, different things like that, promoting whatever then we have tons of social media. The quick way to get all of our social media is just to go to Google and type in Quartz of Heat as one word. That would be Quartz of Heat into Google. That will show our website, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and different things like that. Or um, you could just do Twitter.com slash Quartz Heat, Instagram.com slash Quartz of Facebook.com slash Quartz Heat, Tumblr.com slash Quartz Heat, um, dailymotion.com slash Quartz Heat. Rumble.com slash Quartz Heat. For, uh, YouTube. That one's a little funky. You gotta go over to YouTube. Whether you're on the mobile device or desktop. You have to put in Quartz Heat one word or free. You can decide on that. And it will show you, um, our page and whatnot. Reason why you can't do YouTube.com to Quartz of Heat. Well, some of it. They're not letting us, so this is going to be the fastest way where you could do that on YouTube and whatnot to search cords like he, and boom, you have all of our latest videos, our popular one, and of course the channel. Okay, let's let's go into some breaking news right now. I'm going to start off like, in my opinion, the most the least important news. Like it's important, but it's not going to be this exciting thing that I'm gonna be talking about for enti- for this entire video today, right? So let me get this started. I'm gonna start with some things that been flying around. It's been floating around in the NBA world, which would be head coaching jobs and interviews. Teams, um, a lot of teams have been trying to find a new head coach. A lot, some head coach has been turning down, um, have been turning down interviews with our teams like the Portland Trailblazers and Jason Kidd. However, Jason Kidd, just starting him off, is set the interview for the Magic's head coaching position. The Lakers uh, gave permission once it was requested by the Magic. And John Hammond. I believe I'm saying his name correctly. Yeah, John Hamad, the general manager, who was the Bucks' general manager when... Uh, Jason Kidd was the coach there, and there was, like, this whole flap, this whole controversy after everything where Hamad didn't want to resize contract. That's where he became uh, assistant head coach for teams like, I believe, the Clippers and Lakers. I know Lakers. I'm, I might be confusing the two, but, yeah. And it was always said, like, oh, these two never had like any same intentions or good, nothing's rising. But that would be interesting because the reason why I'm bringing this up is because is John Hamad is the general manager for the Magic. And how funny, where he was pretty much starting out his coaching career, just getting into NBA shortly after his uh, NBA run as a player, he would be brought in by John Hamad, and now, many, many years later, we now see John Hamad trying to recruit Jason Kidd. Now, there's also some news about him going to Celtics, of course, going to back to the Bucks, Um, if Mike Holzer does get fired, which I'm going to talk about that in a little bit because uh, I have a whole segment on him. That's something new that that everybody has been discovering. It's something I want to go more in depth on. And, yeah, so Jason Kidd, he set up to have an interview this week. Day uh, was not determined, right? We were not given the information. But we can't say that the Magic will be giving uh, Jason Kidd an interview for the head coaching position. Real quick, just the other one is going to be Mike D'Antoni. He has not been inactive, it is quite the opposite, as this man is the assistant head coach right now on the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets assistant, I guess assistant head coach to Steve Nash, right? He was set, he's set to have an interview for the Trailblazers head coaching position this week, which is really crazy because I guess you really can't do anything till the Nets season's over. So coming in the next month or two, you could be looking at Mike D'Antoni with the Blazers or whoever else because he's setting up interviews. Again, day is not determined yet, but this week it is confirmed he's having an interview. But here's the thing. I say this as breaking news, as not as the most important. So you know like uh, Chauncey Billups, Jason Kidd, Mike D'Antoni, uh, Lloyd Pierce. And all these different guys are going to be in the mix, whether you're from college or you're from the pros and whatnot, you're trying to get back in. Um, your name's going to be flying around everywhere, on the rumors, on the confirmed, on everywhere, right? You're going to have interviews. The Paul and Chow want to have a huge list. They want to have between 20 to 25 head coaching candidates in all of these different interviews. So you're going to be seeing guys that are not well-known to guys that are really well-known. And I don't know if they're going to be seeing Chauncey Bilbs yet. Right? So, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting how everything plays out. But I just want to say it's breaking news just from perspective that this is what's happening. But expect more of that to happen because... This is the off season for most teams besides um to the conference finals. Yeah, except for like eight, I believe. Yeah, I'm gonna say eight teams remaining. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting. Just because uh just because I want to get this out of here. If you did not see this on dot you saw Sergi Backa. If you have not heard the Sergi Bacca news yet, he is done, um, in the NBA postseason for the LA Clippers, who's already in a series against the Jazz right now. Okay, um, he's done for the season due to back surgery. Look, his first season was great when healthy, right? Because he had this uh, looming, struggling back issue. To where he was just missing tons of games. He was inactive for large stretches. He was he was really effective. He was the big man. He was the key piece in free agency. Just injuries killed the season. I wouldn't say oh he's not going to be anything next season. All I'm saying is is that it killed this season. Just because it would have been interesting to see what he can do. In majority of games, only missing like a few games, not due to injury, right? Because he missed tons of games. I mean, like, tons of games. About, well, um, with back injuries. I think he even came with a hamstring injury. Yeah, but majority of it was back injuries. So, that's why he's getting the back surgery. And he should be good to go in a few months. That's what we're hoping. And, yeah, we're just going to see what the Clippers can do in the postseason right now. With the electric fine Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I'll get to that in a little bit because um more of my words are now being backfired upon me or going real well it's like it's like a fifty 50 scenario but real quick real quick just because this was the last piece of breaking news that I want to get to this look at stuff because I think this is something that most people aren't considering that would be a sneaky good opportunity and that could lead and determine and guarantee this upcoming team to the NBA Finals. And I'm not even kidding. Okay, last piece of news. Last night, the NBA on NBA TV on their Twitter handle, right? Twitter account uh, said at 7 p.m. Eastern, we'll be seeing the released all NBA All-Defensive teams, first and second team. I, look, I'm not... I'm not big into these, but I'm excited, right? If you get where I'm coming from, it's not like, like, oh, we're going to release the MVP. I'll get to the MVP in a minute when we talk about Phoenix Nuggets because I have some uh, words I have to say, get off my chest. But back to this topic, I'm excited for some of these. There's some surprises, some not. So let's jump into it. I'm going to start the first team. First team of all defensive. It goes Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, <laughs> I bought that, uh, Drew Holiday. That's a really good first team. If you think about it, Ben Simmons, despite all of his flaws, is a great defensive player. Draymond Green, huh, he could play defense, even if it's um, giving low blows to players, but he could play defense. Giannis, that's why they call him a Greek freak. Besides his offensive power, he has some great defense. Look at those blocks. Look at everything he does and the impact he has for his team on def- on defense. And then Drew Holiday. Um, two teammates were on the same first def- uh, first team. You about that? Because Drew Holiday and Giannis played together on the Bucs. Then, of course, Rudy Gobert, who won the Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the defense player, you're so that comes no shock to me. So really good. I like that. I like the first team. Now here's the second team, and it will be Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, uh, Matisse Feibel, and Kawhi Leonard, or as I like to call him the call, by his nickname and whatnot. Um, again, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, um, both Paul the Heap. Both really good defensive uh, players. I think he was right putting BAM on the second team just because he's a second team tight defensive player. I wanna customize a first. I was shocked for Kawhi Leonard. I saw he could have um, excuse me, could have replaced Ben Simmons, but I get it, that's always gonna be up in the air. But Jerome, Jerome Bede made second team. I was kinda of shocked by that. I knew he was gonna be making one of the defensive, all defensive teams. I saw it was gonna be first, but um it really he still made it, right? And then you have Matisse Matisse Feibel. You know, when he's there as a rookie, that's huge. You could say, well it's just second team, but that rookie I believe he plays in Philly balled out on defense and offense in some respects, right, in some areas. And I was really impressed with it because he had that lockdown coverage. Whether it would be man-to-man or whatever zone coverage you're throwing, he was pretty consistent as a rookie. and It was really cool to see. And Kawhi, Kawhi's just a different human being. I don't think he's from this earth. If you told me he wasn't from this earth and he showed birth records not from earth, I would believe him. Cause this man is just on a different level. He's a different uh, type of beast, offense and defense, and I'm just excited for what he brings to each and every team he plays on. So that's pretty much it for the breaking news. We pretty much covered the four main topics. Um, real quick, I will I'm hoping that they get out the all-offensive teams. Because Luca I'm um, just gonna jump into the Luka news now. Right, I talked a few weeks ago, midweek, I can't remember. Days all blunt Daniel comes as one singer a week. Broke news, that's like well you know the answer. You know you know the answer to the question referring to would he sign a two hundred million uh, five uh, two hundred million dollar five year contract if given him and it was posed from the Mavericks, right? His teenage current playing on. He's like, yeah. The only problem is with that, and it's not really a problem he did last season. Would be getting the all uh, first team, all offensive um award. Yeah, so he got that last season. I just want curious to curious see the awards on that because I believe it has to be a first team. I think it can be a fir- Yeah, I think it has to be a first team. Either way, he's gonna be getting that because He was putting up twenty seven points a game. Eight assists and, like, eight rebounds. It was pretty amazing what he did this season. He just keeps growing and growing. And for the $200 million contract over five years, I think it's worth every penny of that. But, yeah, so I'm interested in those awards. I'm interested who else is going to be on there. I really haven't uh, dived deep into that, meaning I really haven't sat back and, like, well, who's going to be on the first team? I know it's going to be Luca. But who else? Um, maybe Giannis, Mayo, Braun. De- I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker came on the first or second team. I would, if I were them, I would put DeAndre, Chris, or uh, Devin on um, one of those two teams. with the first team, right? But that's gonna be interesting to see when they release them, if not already. But yeah. I'm excited for this, but what I want to say about Luka Doncic is, if you haven't heard of the news, a lot of reports, a lot of, reports, all of rumors have been coming out that some people from the front office, from management, in the Dallas Mavericks franchise are going head-to-head Luka Doncic. Tensions are rising. It's like a standoff. We don't know if they want to do this long-term, meaning Luka Doncic does not know if he can do this long-term. Because an interesting stat was brought to my attention. In the 2018 draft, Trey Young and DeAndre in the top three picks, including uh, Luca, of course, only DeAndre and Trey Young has gone to be successful, going to the Puffs, growing with a team. Luca's the only guy who has not gone to the Puffs, has not grown, has actually gone down as a team, but as an individual player, oh my, he's one of the greatest things we'll ever see in this next generation. Since 2018, since he's arrived, since he's been in the EuroLeagues, he's been one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I've ever uh, seen get drafted in the top three picks. Yeah, Luka's living up to the hype. The Mavericks, they're living up to being a disappointment. And it always seems like Oh well, Kristaps Porzingis, he's just injured, and that's all that you have. You could say, "Uh, well, we tried out some other players, like." But here's the thing: who else do you have on the Mavericks? You could say, "Hey, we got Luca. We have Porzingis if he wants to stay, because Porzingis bringing up a lot. Like, I just not want to be in Luca's shadow anymore. So they're thinking about trading him. I don't know what's happening. He made his main trade." Everything is collapsing on the Mavericks. They don't have a good player. They don't have a Robin to the Batman of Luka. Porzingis, he's just um, a, um, a dead weight. Like, he's just, yeah, he's just added weight. He doesn't provide anything. When he's on the court, he goes for like free of 11. He can't even get 50% of his shots to drop. And if they do, that's called a miracle. That's called a good game for him. It's that sad. We're not in the New York Knicks anymore. He's not with them anymore. As the Knicks time is over. And I get you say, well, it it, it just happens to be these big guys. ACL's could be a hurtful thing, and I don't disagree. Uh, coming back from two torn or a torn ACL knee problems, I don't know how many surgeries. But that's not convincing the Luca. Luca is gonna be getting that contract. The Mavericks aren't the only team seeing its potential. Every single media outlet, executive, NBA executive, every single franchise sees the worth of Luca, And they're like, $200 million over five years? Done. $34 million in your first year once that contract signed? Done. Because they know he'll bring success. They know he'll bring improvement, growth. And just innovation and just sparking a new way into winning for that team. And the team that I know will do that, who does not have a good point guard, shooting guards already filled, which would be, um, which would be, oh man, oh man, I was, I was going to say, but I'm just going to give it away, would be the New York Knicks. They have a good shooting guard in RJ Barrett. Point guard, all due respect to Derrick Rose. He's not a starter. He's a starter. But if you got Luka, Luka will be over the veteran. And I love Derrick Rose. I love the way he played. I love like when he was in 2011. With Tibbs, he got the MVP. Tibbs and him rocking. And then all those injuries started to derail his career. But I'm not talking about Derrick Rose right now. They don't have a point guard. Blank. This is Derrick Rose is not a point guard. Long term... Over five to seven years, you would be like, we can win with him. But imagine this. You say to Luca, don't resign. Don't resign with the Dallas Mavericks. We'll give you that contract, that Rookie Max contract of $200 million for five years if you come plug the Knicks. And this isn't the Knicks from 2016, 17. 18, 19, or even last year. This is the Knicks that have been given new life through Tibbs, through RJ, through Randall, through everyone. Because the playoffs came, they were in. They were above 500 team. They were in. They were in the fifth seed. They were in that round. They were in that mixture of between the fifth and seventh seed. They were in. They weren't in the playing tournament because they didn't need to because they're a good team. When you have a good head coach, your players will play better, right? Because growth from a head coach and growth in having higher expectations is always going to make or break a team. The Knicks, the Knicks front office, um, people, management said, we had no confidence. We didn't think we we're gonna be doing anything. We saw we we're gonna be below 500, below 300. Just trying to crack 20 games. Look, I don't blame them if they have those expectations, cause the Knicks weren't supposed to be anything good. You're just like, oh, okay, Knicks. Um, Masters, where guards getting ruined again because the Knicks? No, this is a complete culture change from tips from the rest of culture of uh, coaching staff. Two players because they have a great player R.J. That's why they drafted him. I believe with the third pick. Let me let me check it real quick because R.J. Barrett is one of those players where you had to draft so you could build a team around him. You could build a team around Julius Randle or some certain skins. Yeah, in 2019 he was the f- third overall pick in the 2020. I mean 2019 NBA draft. But you get where I'm going with this, right? This. This is not the same Knicks team, like, we're begging you. We're not going to kill your career. We're, we promise. No, this is the Knicks team now saying, come play with us. You can have a puff. You can have a puff hope. You can have this giving moment of saying, I can finally make it to the playoffs and I won't have to be held um, held down by poor management, by poor Rick Carlisle, who was only carried because of Dirk Navinsky. In 2011 when they won the championship, I can't I won't be hold, held down by Mark Cuban who hasn't done anything for me? Wow, uh, that would be something. Imagine this. you go, you sign him. you have Joyce Randall. Luca, RJ. Just imagine those free guys. Imagine those three parts RJ Luca and Randall. please! Tell me how that gets any better. Do you know what kind of team they will be? Then you have Mitchell Robinson. Then you have uh, Nures Noel, Reggie Bullock. Sure, those guys aren't great players, but to those free te- for those three players, that's a good supporting cast. Those are role players. Not talking in the position. I'm just saying what they could be for that team. I'm just saying. If you look at everything. The Mavericks are not going to be a playoff contending team next season. Unless they get in our piece. Porzingis is worthless. Luka's running uh, patience is becoming very thin. And here's the thing. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic over those five years. After that contract's over, you ready? He's going to be 27-28. And you are like, okay, what does that mean? That means if they can't get anything going, his first eight years were ruined because of a poor Mavericks team who has not been relevant since Dirk Nowinski. The last time they were relevant was when they won the championship 2011 with Dirk Nowinski and whoever else they had on that team. And the last time they were relevant... Is when they drafted Luka Doncic. You saw it, that was going to be a miracle worker. Luka was going to take him to everywhere, but Luka can't do everything on his own. You can't do that. Let me just be very clear. Against the Clippers, up two nothing, Luka has a strained neck. No one else stepped up. No one else stepped up. No Porzingis. No, no one. But you had him balling out and going to take past few games. 46, 29, 42, 19, 44, 39, 31, 20, 23, or 33, please. With injury and all, Luka Doncic is still balling out. But the Mavericks can't do anything to help him. That's why Luka needs to say, Hey, I'm going to get this contract. This is not just the shining Mavericks, this shiny little team over here that's going to give me all this money. No, if I go to Knicks, just using them as an example, if I go to team over here, let's just call them team A. If I can call him over to team A, they're going to give me that contract because they know what I'm worth and I've proven everything in these first three seasons. I don't have to worry about money. The money will come to me. I just have to now find somewhere to go be in the playoffs, to have a better team. The Knicks will bring it to you. These teams, when they have the money, this uh, cap space, they'll give you in the heartbeat. People will make a bids. People making offers. Like come to us, come to us, come to us. I'm just saying, when it's all said and done, I hope he doesn't resign with Dallas Mavericks. I hope he says this isn't going to work long term. I'm sure I'm gonna get the money. Sure, it's gonna be a huge blessing, but here's the thing. Where are my puffs? Where's his future? Come 28 years old, what would I accomplish in eight, nine years? You don't want to be that player saying, I took the money, but I didn't get the puff experiences. Deon Jane had a better career puffed wise. Trey Young got to be the villain of the NBA. You don't want to be that player. And the Mavericks have never been relevant until drafting you in 2018. It's just proven. They didn't make the playoffs. They're not playoff worthy. They're not 500 worthy. They need not a player. They drafted you. They made one great decision. Rick Carlisle can't do anything with this team the Joe Mancher is losing his mind, can't get anybody, and you wonder why the Mavericks have not been able have not been able to go anywhere. Luka Doncic. I'm just saying, when you put in that perspective that why is Deontra Ain's career being turned around? Why is the Phoenix Suns being able to turn around? Why are the Hawks being able to turn around? If you think about it, this is My Williams. This is only second year with the Phoenix Suns. Naver Miller, he's an interim head coach under Lloyd Pierce until Pierce left the team when the team was 14-20. The Mavericks had Rick Carsell um, for 10-plus for years. Why? Like, what, what? What's going on? What's happening? Why can't the Mavericks be relevant? You're telling me they don't have enough money to get somebody? No. The problem is no one wants to play for the Mavericks because... When you get drafted somewhere, it's not by choice. I bet you you anything in 2018, he would have gone somewhere else, and it was not by choice. Let me tell you this. Originally, he was drafted by the Hawks. Hawks traded him for Trey Young. One of the best trades that have happened in, in any draft in the past five years, I'll argue. Best trade, player for player, boom, out of there. Talent for talent. Couldn't go wrong. The Mavericks made the right choice for the first time. In I don't know how long, but everybody in the Mavericks organization is getting exposed for not having good players besides Luca, for having poor management, for, for fine saying they're not relevant. Then when the Knicks have a better season than you under a first uh, a first year head coach and tips just with this organization, that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's why you need to be going somewhere else. You're gonna get the money. The money's guaranteed. You're one of the greatest players in the world currently. The next generation's yours. Everybody will be talking about you. Now the only way they're gonna be talking about you is if you're relevant in the playoffs. If you get your team to a conference finals, a semi, a conference semis. If you get them to the NBA finals, for goodness sakes, it's the only way you're gonna become a rele- you're gonna become relevant in the playoffs. You get because if you stay with the Mavericks, you're just gonna be one of those parts pushed over because the Mavericks don't know what they're doing, and they've proven that since Dirk Nowitzki left when Dirk Nowitzki was there post-2011. Let me just say this, in 2011, you're going against the Miami Heat, I believe, and you can't beat the Big Free? You were able to beat the Big Free, that was luck. Dirk Nowitzki should've never been able to beat Dwyane Wade, LeBron, and Bosch, but because he was able to do that, since he was able to do that in the 2011 playoffs, then then with everything going around, He's the only one with a Jason Terry that's known for being postered by O'Bron and had no Robin to him being the Batman. Come on. Come on, you did the same thing to Dirk Davinsky. You did the same thing. Dirk just somehow got lucky into a championship. Because if without that championship, Rick Carcell would have been fired a long time ago and everything would have changed. That's just the truth. And now they're trying to do the same thing they did to Dirk now with Luca. It's just two different names, two different bodies, two different playstyles, but they're doing the same concept. Why? Because they found a great player. Now they're just saying go fend for yourself and see if you can bring us home something. And if not, they're the ones getting angry at him. It's just insane. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying Luca needs to go to ne- next. Trust me, the money will come, but you have to worry about how you're gonna make it to the pops and how long? Because if he's questioning, if people are questioning if the long-term is going to be working, and if this is already crumbling before he signed the contract, before he signed the contract, you got issues that you have to fix. You better do it before summer comes. Before summer, Because when summer comes and he makes up a decision, there's no going back. No going back. But yeah... Um, that's where I'm at right now. Those are my feelings. Truthfully, I that's my feelings. Like, honestly, I don't know if I could put any better. I probably could. Those are my raw emotions because I see someone being taken advantage over and over again by a poor Mavericks team. Times have changed, and the Mavericks have not gone better, but worse. Not because of Luka Doncic. But because they can't do anything well and it's proven. Without a shadow of a doubt. Legit. And you can say, I'll go back to this time period, that time period. You can pull up all the stats that you want. But it still baffles me to this day how Rick Horsel still has a job. It, j- it just does. He's not a good head coach. He got lucky with Dirk. He's getting lucky with Luca. The management manager. They're getting lucky. Mark Cuban hasn't done anything. And it's being proven true. Okay, um, next topic. We have almost every single series. Oh boy, if you saw that I was fired up for the Luka Doncic news, I pray together on wearing headphones because let me talk about the Suns and Nuggets. And you guys have been noticing on social media and whatnot I've been talking about, it, but on the podcast, I took Friday and Monday off. Why would I do that? Because I wanted to the line. I didn't want to put anything out, jinx anything, say, oh, this was going to happen. Well, now I wanted to collect all my information, research this, and see every single game for the Phoenix Suns and whatnot. Goodness. I had the Phoenix Suns taking in the Denver Nuggets in five. The Phoenix Suns did this in four, and four. They swept them. They swept them. Chris Paul played unconscious in that past game. In game four, he put up thirty some odd points. Chris Paul was electrifying. So was Devin Booker when he found his rhythm. But but please, you couldn't stop Chris Paul, who had 37 7 and 3 in 40 minutes. Booker had 34 4 and 11. That's crazy to me. It was a team effort win. That team works. Chris Paul just demonstrated. That when he needs to turn it on, when the veteran side, when the elite side of him needs to come off for that point guard mentality, for that shooting guard mentality, he does it. He does it. Because in the start of the second half, he went 5-for-5. The 8th rate, he was not missing shots. He was hitting everything. And he just proven. he just showed that the mid-range game... It's still effective, it's still alive, it's still the number one successful shot. Not the free point shot, but the mid-range shot. And he was unconscious, he was out of his mind, he was in a different reality, in a different world, in a different mindset. Every time he got that ball, he would go, take it, drain it, he would do fadeaways, leaning to the side of it, just go straight with it, lean back, he would do anything. And no one could stop him. It didn't matter if he had MPJ on him, Gordon, Jokic, no one. No one. Not Rivers, no one. Not Paul Millsop no one. Chris Paul was the MVP of that game. Devin Booker was amazing that game. Booker had 34. Paul had 37. Aiden had a few. He was 12-7. and 7. Bridges was 14-6. Crowder was 9-10. And, and you may be like, well, they didn't do anything. You would actually be wrong because, because Phoenix had a hold of this game. Meaning, anytime you need a bucket, D.A. was there. D.A. started it. D.A. kicked us off. And then when Devin Buckner hit shots, Chris Paul was still getting in there, hitting them. We had Crowder hitting first. Bridges hitting, uh, hitting shots. Ain't getting in the pain, battling it, ain't showed what a defensive uh, freak he is. He, instead said the Greek freak, Freonis, he's the defensive freak. I'm not kidding because he was in there grabbing the rebounds, he hustled, he tried, and he succeeded. He succeeded. So did Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges proven that series and in against the Lakers. That in the perfect, he's there every single time. Right spot, right time, right opportunity to make that shot, to get that rebound, to make that pass, to make uh, teammates round better. And we didn't credit him enough during this series against this beaten Nuggets team. Legit. Mikael Bridges was amazing. DeAndre Jain was amazing. Spectacular design of does not even describe Chris Paul nor Devin Booker. Those two players are re- legendary. That's what happens when you have a elite point guard. That's what happens when you have Devin B. Legendary Booker. That's when you have players hustling. That's when you have a great head coach in Monty Williams. Everybody knows. Everybody knows who this Phoenix Suns team is. They beat the Lakers four two in six games. They beat, they swept, they utterly humiliated the Nuggets in four games. And they're going to the conference finals. First time in 11 years. First time in a decade. I can't tell you how significant that is. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how significant that is. We've been turned around. No one expected us to go this far into the putts. No one expected us. The sweep the beat the Lakers then the Nuggets that's significant no one our defense was so electrifying no one was going to find rhythm we were getting blocks we had six blocks that game but that was really in the first half meaning Crowder and Aiden were getting blocks like crazy they had a few good ones in the first quarter, then came uh, Jay Crowder. Crowder's like, okay, let's do this. Jokic could not make a basket to save his life when he was playing against DeAndre Ain and Crowder. Proven, true, in the fourth game. In Denver, in Mahai, you couldn't do it. They, Mike Malone, threw Natal. the towel. truthfully, the Phoenix Suns shot 51% from the field. 36% from the free point, um, free point area. 93% from free throws. They beat them out in every single statistic in, in terms of percentage besides free pointers. By percent. But me, let me tell you this. They had more rebounds. They had more blogs. Uh, say they had they had less fouls. However, they did have more turnovers, but the way they were going, they weren't gonna be able to stop them. First half was lagging. Devin Buck was still trying to find the groove. He was still trying to find that groove, but it did not matter. Because the supporting characters, the role players, the guards, the rotations, the Chris Paul madness, in that first quarter, I mean the first half, sure they didn't do well, but they were still on top. They were still on top. So right now I'm making it. am making a quick calculation. Um, making a quick calculation. It was, I believe, sixty five. Sixty five. Try to get that. Yeah, it was. I'm oh, sorry. It was sixty three. The fifty five heading to the half. Then what happened? What happened? Devin Booker found his rhythm Chris Paul went unconscious When I tell you they went unconscious You couldn't stop them The mid-range game was his The passing was his You just couldn't stop them Mike Malone called his um, team In game one and game two Soft and that they quit They didn't have anything in game four They didn't have anything in game three They didn't have anything in game two. They didn't have anything in game one. And Mike Mullen was right. They're soft and they quit. That's all they do. The Nuggets are not a good team without Jamal Murray. Because Jogic can only do so much. Aaron Gordon was horrible in game four. He missed his first six shots. They went one for nine. One for nine. He I'm sorry... Uh, that was that was on June eleventh for Game Three. went two for ten on Game Three. The Game Four, he went three for eight. Come on, if you're in this, if you're in the starting lineup, you have to be playing consistent. That goes for Gordon. That goes for Jokic, and that goes for Michael Porter Jr. Who averaged? I'm going to take the last three games who averaged 7 of 16, free of 5 of 13, free of 13, and he just got worse. In 30 minutes, on average, on 30 minutes, he had 20, 15, 11. What a bomb. You need to be more consistent if you're going to be in the starting line. Because the Sun's proven defense wins championships. That's a saying. I'm not saying that they're going all the way to win a championship, even though I like that. I'm just saying they're winning games because of defense. They're capitalizing through offense. So you start with the defensive front, they capitalize with the offense. That's what they're doing, and they're successful with it. And hey, when the going gets tough, take out a little person. Jokic is the biggest coward. Is the is the biggest fraud. Of MVP if I've ever seen, and we're talking about the foul. No, the refs had that correct with a flagrant two, with three minutes and 52 seconds remaining in the first quarter. When they ejected Jokic, I'll get to what he did. But people like Russell Wilson, I don't fine find I, people like Russell Wilson. It's like, well, the foul, that was a that was called it shouldn't have been only been a flagrant one. Should've been a flagrant it shouldn't have been a flagrant two. Really? Really? By the rule of what he did, that's a flagrant two. That's how the rule justifies it and that's how they do it. That 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 was brought to attention the rest of the great job. And that's not me being biased. But if you look at the flagrant two foul, you'll be able to tell and the problem is Jokic did not do this on a player like De'Andre Ayton. He did not do this to a guy like Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig, no. When the rebound came down with three minutes and 52 seconds remaining, there was Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne brought down the rebound. As he was going, Jokic just took a swipe. A swipe out on his nose, his face. He wasn't even going for the ball. You should have just seen the way Jokic was coming down. He was
1: going for the ball. I don't know what you're even talking about right there. I gotta interrupt this. He don't was get you out of frustration. No. He got the ball. His fist and his hand didn't come across his nose. His bicep actually did. But he still came down as a cheap shot. It was the wind up, it was the intent. Right. I don't know if the intent was to hurt him, but he was sending in a message. Right.
0: So he was going for the ball. Right, but he made contact. What made it worse is he wasn't he wasn't gonna do it. He was—he's afraid because here's the How thing. Do you know? How do you know he, he picked Cameron Payne. How do you know that he was afraid? Listen, if there was a, Jay Crowder if, blocked on him four times. Hold on one second.
1: Hold on one second. If you had a choice between Cameron Payne or Charles Oakley, who do you choose to brawl with? Cameron Payne.
0: But here's the thing—that's a coward
1: between, move. If you got a choice between Cameron Payne and you know Shaquille O'Neal when he was actually jacked up, not fat Jack, but you know the Diesel. You pick Cameron Payne. But he doesn't no, count. I, no, but here's
0: I, the thing. You're right. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like, Jay Crowder blocked him four times. And you're saying how was those four times, he was frustrated, but he never took a shot out of him.
1: You know you know what I got to say about this whole thing? Here's what I got to say. Jokic, who'd he ever be? It, it comes a really true. We swapped him. All right. Cameron Payne, who'd he ever be? <laughs>
0: Kevin
1: Booker, who'd he ever be?
0: <laughs> um... Hold oh, no, on, wait a minute, he, he, he's, in the, he's deep into the puffs right now. But yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't see that. That's wrong. That's a cheap foul. Why are we talking about what happened? Pick on someone your own size. Karen Payne, all due respect, he's a tiny guy with muscle. He's not a Jokic's size. He's not a Torrey Craig's size. No. No, 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 MVPs don't do that. MVPs don't do that. I don't care if that were I don't care if it's out of frustration or not. You pick one of the big guys. And I loved how Devin Booker got right up to him. I love how Devin Booker was going head to head with him. He's like, come on, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that. And Jokic is talking trash and everything. Jokic could take Booker if he wanted to. He was not gonna do that. Booker, not Mikhail. Certainly not Tori Craig. Certainly not Chris Paul. Certainly not any of those guys, but you had to pick the little guy. Some man he is. Some MVP he is. I used to have respect for Jokic. Not anymore. Jokic is a coward. He's afraid. And he has no competition in him. He's all words and no talk. Oh, he, wait. He's all words and no action. Legit. Legit. Please justify me. You can say, if you could. one of these idiots can say, what well, was the foul? I don't care. I don't care. And you have people, exp- NBA experts from New York Times. Oh, I certainly don't care what they have to say. I certainly don't. If you watched it, it was a dirty move. I don't like, like, um, uh, like, like we were originally talking about. Like what Jason was originally talking about. Or, my, um, was originally talking about. Was, he probably was not attending it to him. He probably wasn't attending it right to him. He was doing a frustration, mo- uh, he was a frustration play, you get the ball, and he picked a little good dude. What a loser. What a loser. I lost all respect for him. He's no MVP. He's a fraud. That's why MVP just goes off of. He, that's why the MVP goes off of stats, not what's most valuable to a team. Because we were going off of what's most valuable to a team. Chris Paul would have won. And I, I know for a fact, Jamal Murray, if healthy, would have gotten MVP if we did the right way. Not going by stats, but by going the most valuable. Because Jokic, after I, like I saw in that game four, frustration or not, I don't care. He took a cheap shot. I also respect for him. But, but, Devin Booker was there. He just got right up in the face. I love how Devin Booker just walked up to him, bodied him up, chest to chest, trying to get nose to nose and whatnot. And the high was not on Devin Booker's side. And before, and smart on the Sun's side saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah, Devin Booker, uh, you had DeAndre A and Chris Paul. You had all these guys, Jay Crowder, really, coming in like, no, to Booker, you got to turn back. This is the pops. This is the game phone. We need to close this out. You need to back away. And while Yoki just runs his mouth like a coward, uh, Booker turns around, walks away. DeAndre getting in front He's like, no, 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 no. Just do your thing. Eject him. Now, now Booker did get teed up, but you stand up for your teammate. You stand up for your teammate. You stand up for your teammate. Then I, I pot him. So those are my reactions. Um I'm happy they got balanced. I'm happy the Phoenix Suns are now going to the conference finals. And now I wanna get to I wanna get to our next thing. Our next part. I'm gonna get to the Clippers Jazz. One of those two teams, either LA or Utah, is gonna be facing the Phoenix Suns in the conference. Finals, and this could be extended out to uh, to Sunday to Sunday or Sunday to Tuesday, meaning the series is tied to a piece. Clippers have rallied back from being down to nothing, that not tied it up to a piece, right? Paul George, who's playing really well, give him props to that. I'll, I'll eat my words. I was a little too harsh on him. I was wrong. Him and Kawhi balled out when it was important. Blow out the Jazz, and now we have a series. As we're going back to Utah, and Donovan Mitchell said, "Well, he's managing with his ankle. He's managing. The ankle's hurting him. It's ca- it's catching up to him. It's probably always there, but he needs a few months of rest. He needs this thing to be over. So this is not. So this doesn't kill him, right? Like from body just pain and whatnot, but." This is going to be an interesting one. I'm taking the Clippers. I was on the Clippers train when they were down 2 nothing to the Mavericks until it was too late and I had to keep the Mavericks. But I'm picking the Clippers. I, I forget the brackets. This is more important. I'm just saying. I, 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 I didn't I took the Clippers as a joke before, but now I'm not. I'm now respecting it more. Because I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm like, okay. Okay. We see this. We see what's going on. We see what's happening. That's why I'm taking the Clippers over the Jazz in this series. Both teams are incredibly talented. With Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to call. And Puff P. That's why I have to take him. That's why I got to take the um, Clippers. Because... When the going gets tough, they always find a way to get out of it. Just do. F- I believe it's going to force to a game seven. I believe the Clippers will be taking it. And when tomorrow, tomorrow morning's podcast at 8 a.m. comes out, we'll be discussing this about more for tomorrow's game. Yeah, I don't want to spoil. It. I got some. I got some interesting things I want to say tomorrow. But I'm excited for tomorrow's game. I'm ready. See so, ya. Yeah. Um. Next up, I'm just gonna talk about it real quick. I'm gonna talk about this more tomorrow because I wanna. I don't wanna put all my content, all everything, in just one podcast episode because it has to go spread out. Because I'm gonna go off tomorrow, just with all the games and whatnot. Legit. So tomorrow we have Hawks 76ers at 4.30 p.m. Of course, I've got to times for Clippers Jazz. That's at 7.30 p.m. Oh, I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Can't read. Got to be able to read for this job. Okay. But yeah, Hawks 76ers, you know, 76ers. Wow. I, I, I saw you or something. And you guys are something. This last game was really bad. It really was. Joel being the second half went 0 for 12. Had limited points due to what was called knee injuries. Just having knee issues. Just that bad feeling in your knee. The team couldn't get going. Uh, Trae Young had 25 points, 18 assists. Boganovich was doing the same. Collins was doing the same. Klippel was rocking it. Man. 76ers were up as as much as 18 points and then the Hawks in the second half came back came back and won it. they came back they beat the 18 point deficit they beat the odds. when we saw it was over it wasn't the Hawks were just getting prepared and Trey Young did what the villain always does and he won it by free. That, that's insane to me. That's insane because Embiid had 17 points and 21 rebounds, but you can't be going 0 for 12 in the second half. Curry, Seth Curry, had 17 points. Simmons had 12, uh, 11 points and 12 rebounds. Not bad. Um, Danny Green still has those uh, calf issues and whatnot. So the team's facing some injuries. But the Hawks balled out with Young twenty five and eighteen, Bogdanovich twenty two, Capella, twelve and thirteen, Collins fourteen and twelve, and Herder ten points. Lou Williams with nine, Gallinari with seven, and it was just it was it was an epic, epic thing. I was um I was on last night around uh, seven and what I was at event with nine. I saw. I came back an hour later and I saw. Whoa, an 18-point deficit was erased. 18-point lead was erased for the Hawks and they won by free. That's huge. Huge props, huge execution, and I'm more leaning towards the Hawks. Taking this one in Philly, especially if they're not healthy. I don't know. My brackets are just all over the place. They're skewed. Like I saw the the Knicks were going to upset the Hawks. Yeah, I know, that got thrown out of the way. Now I'm just like, whoa, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but, wow, okay. Um, the Hawks, I'm actually taking the Hawks. I want the Hawks to win. I like Trey Young. Don't get me wrong, I like the process, Joe Bede. I like Ben Simmons. But, I don't know, just injuries, just going back to Philly with the momentum on the Hawks' side, I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow, but I'm going to get my sneak peek. You ready? Hawks. Going to gonna have the Hawks win it. I'm going to talk about this matchup some more tomorrow, but those are my feelings on it. I wish I could have watched the game, but I didn't know when I was seeing it, it looked like a blowout, but I should have never counted the Hawks. But to be honest, I, I really wasn't um, expecting all of that, right? I actually forgot the game was yesterday. I don't know how, but I did. But yeah, that's that's where we'll be at right now. Um, last thing I want to talk about is Bucks Nats And Mike Boone Boone uh, Mike Booneholder is getting very lucky right now. But as hey, uh, I, I hate this saying so much. But as it goes, the home team should always win both games. And, it's in, yeah, Ugh. I hate that saying so much, like, where the home team should always win. I get it, I get it, I get it, but at the same time, I don't. But, yeah, the Bucks have made a series getting 2 saying Mike Boonholzer is getting lucky due to the great play of Giannis and Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, and everyone else. It helps uh, Kyrie Irving. He tweaked his ankles, so... Kevin Durant, like, never had to be on his own. So it was kinda tough for Durant to be all by himself. Look, um, he was always carried by someone. He's not a defensive player, he's just an offensive player. He's a jerk on social media and a big cry baby. But besides that, um the Nets are gonna have a tough time. Uh James Harden has been upgraded twice today, or three times, uh from out the doubtful to now questionable. And they're going to see around shooting time, like around shooting, uh, shoot around. Uh, oh my, I can't speak. Shooting around, like for warm-ups and whatnot, to see if he's a go. That would help Kevin Durant, help Blake Griffin, help Joe Harris, help everyone on that team against the Bucks. Because if they go down to the 3-2 fr- against the Bucks, my, oh my, we may be, we may be, um... Seen the end for the, Nets, for the Nets. But yeah, I didn't know injuries. Injuries have always been part of the Nets this season. But when it comes to the Puffs, it's coming down. Crunch time. That game is at 5 30 If you guys haven't listened to my last podcast episode or the past two, I would recommend that because I crushed my Boone Holder for being a fraud. And just a and everything. I talked about that. I still stand with everything. Giannis is saving this team, not Mike Boonholzer. Boonholzer is just there to get all the praise, say, Oh, I did something by calling a few plays. No, uh, the idiot did not do anything. It was Giannis, Chris Melton, um, Drew Holiday, which just a huge team effort. I um I yeah, I just yeah, I just don't like Mike Boonholzer as a head coach. Um, but if they but in Bucks do get bounced in the playoffs again because Mike Boonholzer can't do anything in the playoffs, right? expect them to be fired this season or next at the latest. And, yeah, I take it from there, but I'm taking the Nets tonight. I want the Nets to win. I don't know. It's going to be a toss-up game. I'm more leaning towards... Uh, it is as tough because they at the Barclays Center. I don't know. It's a tough one. If James Harden's to go, and he plays through the injuries and whatnot, I say, but I say Nets. If not, it's going to be uh, um, an interesting game, an interesting game to say. Okay, who's going this way? And I have to lean towards the Bucks, right? It's just gonna be like one of those things. I'm excited for that game. That's gonna be at five thirty p.m. Uh, Arizona time. You guys may already know the results, kind of like when you guys listen to this. But this will be out way before the game, obviously. But yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting what the Bucks can do, how the Bucks can hold on, or even the Nets because now the Nets are the underdogs. After going up two nothing, and then Kyrie's injury, and then going down, down going down in Milwaukee zero and two. Uh, 0-2, what should have been a sweep, at least a game five, has now turned into uh, a potential game six. You gotta get to now we're confirmed to have this out of game six. Someone's gonna win this in six games, or gonna be forcing this into a game seven. But yeah, this is this is just crazy. All the things that could have gone wrong is going wrong for the Nets, and the Bucks are holding on to the sheer luck that they have. As Mike as Mike are always been lucky, but yeah. Okay, besides that. The only other thing I have to say is, is that we'll be back here again, same time, same place, same channels. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, everywhere. And we'll be here at 8 a.m. at the studio recording. And we'll make sure this is out at 8 a.m. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you again on the next podcast episode.